Great, so we're in this series, this term, um, looking at repentance, and we're looking at how the, the life of following Jesus is, is a kind of a movement continually from one way of living, one way of thinking, one way of seeing life, uh, and turning instead into a better way, and that's that turning um, Bible called repentance. And so we're looking at different pairings, and, and this, this morning, if you want to catch the new previous talks, these are all on our website as podcasts, and the live streams are on YouTube as well. And uh, this, this morning our theme is, is um, Esther speaking on from the, moving from despair to hope. So, uh, yeah, it's always great when Esther speaks, and uh, I'm sure we'll find this uh, a powerful time. Shall we, shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, that you are making all things new. Jesus, that's what you came to do. And we're here now because we position ourselves to be changed by you. So we, we offer you ourselves and we say, will you speak to us? Will you encourage us? Will you teach us? Will you shape us and mould us into the good life that you have for us? Amen. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Lizzie, to your service coming close. Um, I've known well, I've been on this one since I was 17, so just a couple of years. Um, could you put the first slide up? Then? Oh, this is what I'm speaking on today um, from despair to hope. And I'm going to share a bit of my own journey. I just want to say I'm in the middle of my journey, and at the end I'm back in the middle of all of this. And so for me, what, what that means is, and the one thing I'm going to be speaking on is what it looked like for me to go from a place of hopelessness, grief, loss, instability, and anxiety, to recognising and receiving God's tender fathering. And that's what I'm going to be um, focusing on today. What does it look like for us to recognise and receive God's tender fathering? Um, this is my little illustration. I'm very visual. I find it really helpful to see things. I'm also a gardener, so this brings me much joy. Um, about five months ago, my sister bought this to my parents, my mum's house. And what it was was a dead twig hanging off the side. And she said, Mum, I don't know if you can do anything with that, but um, you know, I'll give it to you and see what you can do. And I looked at it and thought, that is dead, that is no way. And there's a funny thing about orchids, that there's no goodness in the soil, it's just twigs. And I thought, well, nothing good can come from that. And two days ago, my mum, we put it in the spare room, my mum brought it into me and said, look, Esther, look, look what's happened to this. And I was like, I, I, well, I couldn't believe it. And I just want to speak to those today, particularly, who see, who are in a place where it's like a dead twig, when you think, actually, nothing, I'm in such a place of despair and hopelessness, that can anything good come from 
my life? Can God do anything? Can God bring anything of hope to something that looks quite barren? And I just felt God say to us today, actually, he, he is the kind of orchid restorer. So where you think, what, what can come from that? Be encouraged that if you're in that place today, or I feel that God particularly wants to speak to you and breathe life and hope. Um, and look, it's absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning. And that is more than I can imagine of what could come from a dead twig. <laughs> um, so, I don't know about you, but the last two years, my real sense of stability and security has been shaken. My whole world has changed in the last 15 months. My world's been turned upside down. And these things here, I've experienced all of those and more, and still do. Um, and I, I know some of you, I know some of your stories, actually, when we're shaken, it's really hard. Um, my journey is my journey, your journey is your journey. But the wonderful thing is, it's the same Father. So whatever God's doing in my life is very personal to me and what I need and what the Father is doing in your life is, is for you and, and your journey. It's not the same, <laughs> but hopefully part of my journey, hopefully it will encourage you. Um, so 15 months ago, um, 15, that's right, 15 months ago, I got Boxing Day 2020, I was taken into hospital and had to surgery. And whilst I was in hospital, I heard the news that my dad had passed away. And so for me, it's a very traumatic time in terms of health, but also my family's secure structure was shaken. Suddenly, going from two parents to one parent is, is, is a massive shift. And also in that time, um, I, I met God. It was the most extraordinary experience I was, I mean, <laughs> It's funny now, I can laugh at the time, it was funny. I had to have an epidural because to kind of help with the pain in my stomach. But it didn't work, but instead my legs went numb, so I was kind of on this bed. I couldn't move, I couldn't move my legs. And then that psalm goes, He makes me lie down <laughs> in green pastures. I felt like that, I, I couldn't move. And it was, it was, it was like an audible voice. Um, it was outside of my own head and I just heard the word fallow and I was watching TV um, I switched off the TV and I thought I think God has just spoken and I was, I was quite shaken and I googled what does fallow mean and it means in the Old Testament in Leviticus 25 the land is worked for six years and on the seventh year it says the land has a year of complete rest and as I read that, I just had a thought in my head that God is inviting me to leave my job. And at the time, I didn't realise it, but I was burnt out. I'd been working in um, the homelessness and addiction sector, um, and I was really burnt out. I had surgery, and my dad had died, and it was 
um, awful. Um, and I said to Lord, please confirm it, because that's a pretty big step. In lockdown, people are losing their jobs, and you're inviting me to quit my job. Um, and then, so that was a Thursday. On the Sunday, Anna spoke at home. Guess what she spoke on? Leviticus 25. Having a fellow year, trusting God in uh, a time of turmoil um, and, and ill health and, uh, and lack of provision. Um, so in that week, I, I was living with, you know, Georgie, is Georgie here? Georgie, I was living with lovely Georgie uh, in a lovely flat and I, I, I left there, so I left my home. I, I lost, I left my job. My father passed away and I was recovering from major surgery. And what I knew was stable and secure was, was gone. Um, and it's been a, so that was 15 months ago and it's been a year I've tried to rest. Um, and at times I've tried to move forward, but my body hasn't let me or my anxiety's been so, um, I had to go on anti-anxiety meds for the first time. I had to in- increase my antidepressant medication and it was a really, really tough time. And I could say actually, from a place of despair, I don't know if any of you have been there, it's excruciating. And like that dead twig, I was thinking, Lord, you say you have a future and a plan for me, but at the moment I just see a dead twig. You know, can anything beautiful come from these circumstances that are excruciating? Um, and I had to learn a new way of living, <laughs> a, a, a level of trust and dependence upon the Lord that I've never had before. You know, and grieving in lockdown, you know, is really hard. Um, and it was a strange season. I couldn't. It, I couldn't bring anything. I couldn't keep anything in. Um, so things. There's a verse that talks about bringing things into the light. And God has me in a season where I, I can't keep anything in. And I don't know whether you're experiencing this, but like it's a season of God is exposing maybe things that we pushed down for years. <laughs> um, some of you might uh, relate to that. Of, of the last couple of years, you think this has come up. I don't have the capacity to push it back down. And that's what happened to me this last year. Things came up, I couldn't push them down. I was like, oh Lord, help. And sometimes that was my only prayer. Sometimes for me to get up and have a shower. That was progress. That was my, that was walking forward. Um, I just put up a slide too. And so what does it look like to go from a place of despair to a place of hope? And one night, I read this verse. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you, how you helped me like a father. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you helped me like a father. And I started to cry. And it was like um, God was showing me over the last year his tenderness and his compassion and his kindness um, of how he was fathering me. 
And I, I couldn't see it, and often when we're in that place, it's really hard to see where God is. Um, it's called darkness for a reason. We, we, we can't see. Um, and I read that verse, and I, I remember just kind of crying, thinking, oh Lord. And he revealed to me where he was helping me, like a father. And I was looking back, thinking, thank you for speaking so clearly in that hospital bed to have a family here. If it wasn't clear, I would have gone back to work. But it was so clear that I thought, I have to obey. <laughs> Didn't have to, but I chose to obey. Thank you for providing for me. I had financial provision from the most weird places, from an auntie and a loan from my mum 25 years ago, decided to pay it back last year. Um, and just, it was crazy. And I, and I was like, thank you for the way that you've been speaking to me and protecting me. Um, and I, I, I had a change of, um, of, of mindset from going, how is this twig going to bring life? You know, I'm in this place of grief to, oh Lord, you have harbored me so well. What I needed, what I, you know what I need and you provided what I needed at the right time. And it was a humbling experience and it was a, a tender moment of like, you're my father. And when we lose our earthly father, I said, I need a father. <laughs> I need a father. I need someone to father me in this time. Um, and God is always, when I read the Bible, I, I see this all the time. The father is inviting us always to trust and to depend, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Those who trust in him will never be put to shame. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's always saying, do you dare to trust me? Dare to trust me. I am able, I am willing. I can provide, I will provide for your needs. And, um, yeah, so I responded to that invitation. <laughs> I'm not saying all those things went away. I still experience those things. It's a daily recognizing and receiving the Father's love, that tender fathering. So if we go to uh, the next slide, which is, um, we're just going to look at this passage. Um, is that a Bible? Dear me. Um, if someone could read, could someone read it from there? Or it's John 20. It's a story of Mary coming to the tomb. Um, uh, John 20, 11 to 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? 
who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Wonderful, I spoke about a few things from here. Um, when Jesus first spoke to Mary, she didn't recognize him. And she thought he was the gardener. So she lived um, uh, with Jesus. She, he delivered her from seven demons. So it was a very, he freed her from, from torment. They, they knew each other really well. She, she followed him. Um, she was there when he was crucified. So when she saw him, well, she saw the gardener and didn't realize that it was Jesus. Um, and often in our grief and our despair and our hopelessness, sometimes we don't recognize Jesus. And I didn't, um, and I think often we are consumed by, um, well, the very thing of, of, of hopelessness is that you can't see ahead. And we don't realize actually how close Jesus is. Jesus was right there. He was right there. Um, Jesus was right there. He was really, really close. And she thought he was the gardener. Like, maybe he was transfigured so amazingly that she didn't recognize him. And she said, he, he said to her, who are you looking for? And just to encourage you, if you're seeking God, if you're in that place, Jesus says, if you seek me, you will be found by me. Those, those of us who are looking and we're seeking, we're in that place, will reveal yourself. He knows we're looking, he knows we're seeking. And I think the most beautiful thing is, the moment she recognised him was when he called her name. And he went there. And at that moment she cried out. She went, oh, teacher, like, it's you. And I think that it's, it's so tender and so intimate. And maybe when he delivered her from the demons, maybe he just said her name and just, he just laid her his hand on her and went there. I'm here, I am Emmanuel, God with us, I am your Saviour. And in that moment when I read that passage about, I lie awake at night and I think of how you helped me like a father. But I heard Jesus call my name, he said, Esther, I'm here and I've helped you like a father. So when we're in that place of, I don't know how to move forward, I don't know what's going to happen. 
Allow Jesus, allow the Father to call your name. Because Esther, I know you, I've called you, I see you, I hear you. I am able, I am your Father. And then she realised, she was like, she turned towards him and cried out. And at that moment, maybe she realised everything that he'd said about himself, or those sermons he preached, that he is... You are who you say you are. You are the Messiah. You are the Savior. You are risen. You've conquered death. You are all these things. And that moment when I read that passage, I was like, oh gosh, you really are who you say you are. We see God in some way and then we're in a place of desperation. Suddenly we see him in a different light and think he really is living water. He really is a good father. Um, And I... There was last Christmas I was praying for some money to buy some Christmas presents for my family. But I had no job. And um, and I went away for the weekend, came back and there was an envelope on my whole floor with some cash in it. And I remember praying before I was, I was writing in my journal, you say you're my father, you say you know my needs, this is what I need. Um, and, and I came home and I opened the envelope. And it, it, for me it wasn't about the money. It was... Again, just a moment of you hear my prayer and you answer, you're such a good father. Um, and when it she says, uh, and then Jesus says, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. We are adopted into his family. The father is Jesus' father and he's our father. We are family. Um, and I think I was thinking about like, what's the, the, the main thing I've kind of learned, and um, it's simple, but it's hard. <laughs> Is when we surrender all, when we're in that place of I don't have anywhere else to turn to, and we surrender our hearts. There's always, always been a resurrection. Always, it might not look like what I wanted to look like, but there always is a resurrection. So to, to give you hope when you're in that place of Lord, you say this, you say to trust you with all my heart. I trust you with all my heart. And there's always a resurrection. There's always life. There's, I mean, always beauty that rises from the ashes. Um, if you just go to the next slide. Um, I... I love gardening. I just, oh, sorry, the, the next one. Other pictures. I we can't see that very well. I, I decided gardening course. I, and I read a book a few months ago um, about a, a rewilding project in Sussex um, about this couple who inherited a three and a half thousand acre farm. They, in, the, the generation before them, had industrialised it so much. The soil, there was no goodness left in the soil. The soil was all clay. Nothing was growing. They weren't making a profit. And they made this decision as farmers. And in their words, they said, we took our hands off the wheel and let God rewild the land. They didn't plant any trees. So on the left, we see the nice kind of ordered, you know, English farms with the borders and, you know, the control. You know what's going to happen in what field. 
And they took their hands off, off the wheel and said, we're handing our land back to nature. And I love this image, and I use this as a prayer quite a lot. Um, they didn't plant any trees, but trees started to grow. Because the birds would take the acorns, they drop them, a thorny scrub would grow up around the sapling, and they would have oak trees. So we say, let's plant all these trees. They left the land to rewild itself, and they've got species which were almost extinct now coming to this place. Um, and it is extraordinary. Um, there's a book called Wilding by Isabella Tree. Great surname. Heading was reported my birthday. Absolutely brilliant. I was like, this is incredible. And I felt God speak to us as a church, but also as individuals. And actually, when we choose to let take our hands off the wheel of control, farming, you know, on the left it's all neat, but the nice thing is it's all nice and neat. And then look what happens actually when they say, Lord, I hand over my my life. And I, I pray this a lot, I just walk along, I go, Father, would you rewild me? That's a prayer, it's a really simple prayer. Would you rewild me? Would you bring up things in my life that I thought were extinct, that I thought that could never grow? Would you drop an acorn and bring life? Well, I, I can't do that. I can't make a dead twig produce beautiful flowers. God, the giver of life. And I just love that. Um, and so, just go for the final slide. This is a prayer. Um, this is a kind of summary of the kind of prayer that I would often pray. So, Father, would you rewild me? In the areas of my life which I want to control, the areas of pain, loss, uncertainty, fear, and vulnerability. I invite you to comfort me, provide for me, guide me, and love me so I might know your tenderness and kindness. And may your kingdom come, your will be done in the landscape of my life and in the landscape of our world. And I'm still in that journey. I, I don't have a job. I don't have an income, I'm still in that journey of, Lord, I don't know what to do. Sometimes my body doesn't allow me, I still get fatigued, I, I, I go so far and I crash. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Um, but that's my prayer, and it's a prayer of trust and surrender. And it's always resurrection and always life when we die to ourselves and go, Lord, not my will. <laughs> I tried it my way. Well, it's a bit, but not great. Um, we do have your way. Um, so I hope that's an, an, an encouragement for those of you who are actually, what can God do? I've lost hope in this area of my life. The, the loss of the grief is so deep and so intense, will it ever change? That the Father is always, always inviting us and the tender fathering. I, I feel that's what the Lord wants to um, reveal to us today. And then He's tender uh, as He nurtures a, a plant and brings life. He's so gentle. This is such a fragile plant and so beautiful. He's so tender. It says those, um, He saves those who are crushed in spirit. So, only promises in the Bible, he'll bring beauty from ashes, and he meets us there 
with all those emotions that we were putting in the jars. Um, so I, I, I first just to kind of respond to to the father. Um, maybe just be quiet. Um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you that we can trust you. As we sit here, may we be Call our name. May we hear you speak. Our name. Our name is everything. It's who we are. We are whole. Lord, speak our name. Lord, in those areas of our lives where we've lost hope, where we feel like a dead twig, where the land is so barren, where the soil is like clay, you think what can grow, and you drop it in corn. <laughs> Father, would you rewild us? Would you surprise us? Would you father us? We take our hands off our wheel of control. I needed a year of complete rest. We all need different things in this season. Speak to us in ways we can hear you. Reveal yourself to us. to see this in the song would be great if you, you know we'd love to pray for people um, I recognise this is it's, it's deep you know I could have said this talk a few months ago um, but yeah we'd love to just bless what God is doing in you um, if I grab some of your table come yeah I'd love to pray for you I'm sure yeah I'd love to pray for you just bless what God is doing